Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, very, very fun person. I saw her the other day at a comedy club, and I was like, we gotta talk, and little did I know she's a fan of the pod. She's an amazing actress and writer. Uh, She was the lead on a fantastic film, A Simple Wedding. She's the co-host of Persia's Got Talent, writer, creator, and star of My Immigrant Family, the web series. Please welcome... The amazing Tara Grammy. Oh my god, hi. Oh my god, hi. Oh my god, hi. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very excited about this. Um, Me too. But I'm going to start off by saying, I'm going to start off, can I start off a little bit sexist? Okay. Okay, I know. Okay. Coming Mm -hmm. in hot. Okay, let's go. You know, you're the third Persian uh, guest I've had on this podcast. Uh, First was Maz Jobrani, then was Amir Kay. And now it's you. Now, I saw their fridges and I was like, you guys, I can't tell from your fridge that you're even Persian. There's nothing in this fridge that tells me this is a Persian person that I'm talking to. And sexistly, I was like, well, I'm going to have Tara on the pod. She's a woman. Persian women cook. Persian men don't cook. I think I'm the only Persian man who cooks. Persian men don't cook. Persian women are still very sexist in our community when it comes to the roles of who's cooking and who's not. And your fridge is way less Persian than theirs are. And your fridge, hold on, I'm not done. I'm not done. And your fridge is way more like dude. It's like a dude fridge than theirs are. And I just want to say, I almost want to cancel this whole episode before we even start. (laughs) But in the meantime, you can see Tara's fridge on my Instagram at StandUpDan. I am going to share the screen right now. I mean, uh, all right, this is, Sir, this is your chance. I have chance. to talk to you. I have this to talk to you about this. this is, Explain yourself. Explain yourself. Dan, I am working in D.C. right now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there must be no Persian markets in D.C. Okay, um, I get it. Did you see the, the tour sheet in the door? Okay, there's Torshi in the door. Hold on. So for those of you And those are pomegranates up, up top there. That's okay. pomegranate in that giant Ziploc. Maybe there I jumped There's two to... types of Torshi in the door, sir. Rude. Wait, where? I'm just seeing tops here. Oh, see, that's my just, that's my bad picture that's... taking. Those two at the bottom right are Torshi. 
Okay, so for those of you listening who don't know what we're talking about, Torshi is Persian pickles. I think Persian pickles are some of the best pickles in the game. It's usually very uh, a lot of coriander in the pickling brine. Some of it has like solid chunks of vegetables in there, but a lot of it they just like it's like full of herbs and they just mash it all up and it's almost like a paste that you uh, you put. It's a wonderful condiment. All right, fine. Maybe I jumped the gun. Maybe I jumped the gun a little bit. And also I was saying, I wish you could see my fridge in LA because my fridge in LA is really impressive. And I cook a lot in LA, but the thing is here, and this is a weird thing about me. I can't stand the smell of cooking. Okay. Okay. I don't like the house. Like I can't sleep if it smells like I've been cooking. Yeah. So this place is tiny and, and the, the kitchen is like super open. So I'm not cooking at all here because I just, I won't be able to sleep. And as you know, I was listening, I was just listening to your interview with Bria Simone. And as you know, when you're working, like I have no interest in cooking. I really just have no interest. Okay. So let's go back to the main part of your fridge. I just want to fridge shame you a little bit more. You, I deserve it. Okay. Top row. We've got two kinds <laughs> of yogurts, two kinds of yogurts. You've got the Siggy's. Mm-hmm. Siggy's yogurt, which to me is like spackle. It's very spackle. It was so gross. It's so gross. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking. I haven't I mean, had it. It's weird. And like, a, I have a friend who's Swedish and he's like, yeah, we love it. I'm like, it's literally spackle that you're putting in your mouth to close up your esophagus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Trader Joe's Greek yogurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then is this some sort of chicken curry salad over here? No, it's an egg salad from Whole Foods that I had three bites of, and then it just lives there, but I don't look at it or talk to it. Okay, that's fine. And what's this under it? That is uh, chocolate truffles. Oh. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they're really good. I don't remember where they're from. Yeah. Is this also chocolate truffles down here? Do you just have them on every row? (laughs) (laughs) You just like, Um, it needs to be within reach, just have them everywhere? (laughs) Those are gluten-free little cookie dough bites for children from Whole Foods as well. Is it for a child or it's for you? It's for me, but they're for def- definitely made for children. Wow. Wow. Literally, yeah. I thought I'd have finally have a Persian chef here and I have I am an so adult sorry. Who eats but like we can talk. I am a Persian chef though in at home. This is not I know, I know. fair. No, we'll get to it. You know, it's funny, like in the Maz episode and the Amir episodes, more of the Maz episodes, I kept like trying to get into Persian food and you could, you know, Maz, he can talk about anything, but you could clearly tell he's never cooked a Persian meal in his life. <laughs> I was like, you're a liar, Maz. Okay. And I then, can't imagine him cooking. I can't imagine Maz no, cooking. No, no. And his family does like meal delivery. Like it's the really? opposite of a Persian family. What is this over here? So that's pomegranate. So I went to my, yeah. So I went to my uncle's house and the way that they do it is they like, they cut it, they cut it on the sides and then they break it open. Mm -hmm. And I was eat, I ate like five pomegranates like that. Cause I actually don't like the seeded. Like I don't like it all seeded. I don't know why they get kind of mushy and I feel like too many hands have touched them. Oh, you mean when they're taken out of the pomegranate, you like it straight from the fruit. Yeah, I like it like like within the pieces and then you just take it yourself and eat it. You like kind yeah. of, I can only say dun dun. I don't know how to say it in English. How do you say that in English? <laughs> yeah, you like you, it so wait, actually, this is a good question. When you eat pom- pomegranate, might be my favorite fruit in the world, but it might be the hardest fruit to eat it's and so to prep. To There's yeah, so many weird really different techniques of how to open it. You got to 
one technique which I use is the make a hole at the top, then find out where the little of uh, these are membranes are and yeah. then cut along the membrane from top to bottom. And then you stick the knife in the middle and then open it up. That seems That's to be how the, they did this. Yeah. That's how they did this. And then and then you just take it and then you just eat it. You just eat the little seeds with your hands. So, like do you pull the seeds out with your hand and then eat them or do you like i eat it like a watermelon like i put the thing in my mouth oh. and then suck it off no i i i seed them oh okay no i eat yeah. i eat it like an animal I, but i always feel like when i go to a house and they have them pre-seeded in a bowl like a big bowl of pre taken out i'm like oh i didn't know you guys were were wealthy i didn't know you were rich <laughs> like because you did not do this yourself you definitely paid someone to do this for you it for just sure. feels like the height of opulence to me is if you have a bowl you, of pomegranate seeds do you put gulpar on them what do you call that in margarine on them no and and salt no that's how i eat them wait hold on a second margarine the the herb yeah it's like, I think I don't, that's what it's called. I have one that I got from oh. the Persian market and it's called, it's Golpar in, in Farsi and sorry, in Persian. And then it's uh, margarine, it says margarine in English and oh. it's just this herb and it's kind of, I don't know, it's actually kind of herby and you put Wait. it on with salt and that's oh, how I eat but it. But is it a dried, it's a dried herb. Yes. Yes. By yes, the yes, time yes. you get it. Okay. Yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah. What the fuck is Golpar? This is really you've never think, had Golpar. Okay, I've heard of it, try. but I I've heard of it, but I've never knew what it was. We also um, put it on fava beans. Have you ever had Persian fava beans? Yes, my mom calls them fava beans. Oh, <laughs> that's really that's a good mom. That's a good Persian momism. In the fava beans, you put the Golpar with the <laughs> totally. salt and vinegar. Yeah, that's a really um, good one too. I've never actually heard of doing of mic. I to me, pomegranate is the perfect fruit. I can't imagine enhancing perfection. Oh my god! I can't wait for you to try it. It's so. If you have a sour palate, I have a very sour palate. Like I could, yeah. the snack in front of me right now is these chips I'm obsessed with that are really salt and vinegary, and they're actually chicken. It's chicken. Oh, okay. Have you heard oh, of these? Yeah, I've heard of it. It kind of grosses me out. It's like, so good. It's because so, they it they the texture is just like chips. You would never even think. I know. I don't know why I'm grossed out by it because it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like chicharrones because I think it's just chicken skin. Is it the skin or is it the flesh that they take and somehow? No, it's chicken breast. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's chicken it, breast, egg whites, bone broth. It's really good. You know that what they do with that? They like it's basically like Pringles but chicken. Like they yeah. take a chicken, they put it in a blender. Then they put her in a mold. I mean, the poor chicken. Hasn't, hasn't the chicken gone through enough? I know. I don't need to talk about process, Danjon. I just really enjoy the chips. I don't really <laughs> want to know how they were made. I'm good. But I like the chips and, and protein. Like, I, I don't get a lot of protein. But I do really eat, like, a little kid on my own. So I really have to, like, eat protein. Yeah. But I eat, like, Laboshack. I have Laboshack here that I've, like, crushed a bag of. I'm... I mean, we're going to get into sour flavors because that's kind of the it wasn't an argument. It was more like me in shock at and in disgust of the fact that you can have a red root. Oh, I can eat. Yeah, yeah, I can eat like a brick of it. Put a pin in that because this is the most disgusting Tara Grammy fact about to come out. 
Okay, so let's see. We have some bananas here in the fridge, which I used to ding people for, but Jacques Pepin did it. So I guess that's what you're saying. The reason to do. why they're in the fridge, though, I don't usually keep them in the fridge, but they get, when they're starting to go brown, I hate their texture. Mm-hmm. So when it's cold, they're more edible. And I only just yeah. put them in my cereal. So I, yeah. Wow, you do eat like a little kid with your I eat like a little bananas kid. in your <laughs> cereal. Oatly, because you're hip and cool and an actress. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a little uh, kiwi, got some good fruit. I mean, look, for a, for a temporary fridge, this is a, it, it's a very healthy fridge. So I know I was giving you shit, but you've got a lot of, you got eggs, you've got yes. uh, your bon maman, which mm-hmm. you use a lot of. I mean, that's a lot of jelly to be used for a temporary gig that you're at work. Like, like I, I use that much jelly in like three years. Your bon maman is, has like, just like a, a one eighth of it is left. How long have you been in this home for? I've been here for like a month and a half, but in my defense, it's <laughs> the, cherry, the cherry one. And I really like it. Like it's wow. the cherry preserve and I could just, I could just eat it with a spoon. Where, what, do you, what do you put that on? Or do you just have it with a spoon? Do you see the, the peanut the peanut butter? Yes. I like to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I also really like like toast with cream cheese and bon maman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um You literally are a five year old who <laughs> was given an adult body to go around in the world. I don't know what kind of genie this five year old came across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm five. I have a five year old on to my, left to my own devices. But like at home when I'm cooking and I'm like a normal person, it's different. But when I'm on my own, I'm a little kid. Well, OK, so sour is a sour is a big thing for you. Sour is a big thing for Persians in general. I feel I think like it's a big part of the Persian palate or it's a big part of like the cuisine, especially. And I always feel like I always when I try to explain Persian food to people, a I say, it's like Indian food, but substitute uh, spices for herbs. That's usually a good starting point for people. Yeah, okay. And then B, I say it's not about the flavors are not in balance. It's nothing about balance. The flavors are in struggle. There's a struggle going on. And it's like pulling each other and then reaching some. It's like when it's like when people are playing tug of war and they just can't move. Like they get the perfect tension on both sides that they can't. No one's going to die. No one's going to fall. That's to me what yeah, Persian cuisine okay. is. It's like, it's like you're almost, your senses are bungee jumping. Uh, you're kind of right. I can see that. Okay. I'll take kind of right. I take kind of right any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I don't know. For me, I'm like, there, it's a very savory food. It's, I think the word savory really goes with, with Persian food. Mm-hmm. There's, and, and it's just, and ba- you're right, it's balanced. You're right, like the tension of flavor is, is, is very balanced and level. Yeah. But also there's, it's such comfort food. Maybe because I'm Persian, I mean, a little biased here. But the way the rice is cooked and the way the, I don't know how long the stews cook for and the meat and even like chole kebab, it, it's so, com- I don't know, I, I always leave feeling very comforted after eating Persian food. Whereas, you know, the struggle of the spice of Indian food or, you know, yeah, or the spice of even Mexican food. Like there's like a struggle 
a little yeah. bit, you know, but, but yeah. our, I, our food is so uh, comforting. To all my Indian and Mexican listeners, uh, I just want to say that I am, I, I don't agree with Tara. <laughs> I think your cuisines are great. They're uh, great. I love them. It's just <laughs> No, I'm different. kidding. I'm with you. I, I think, I think Persian food is so interesting and misunderstood. I think most people in America will, would think gun to their head that it's like, you know, Arabic food, which it couldn't be more different. Um, and I also think like Persian food is so interesting because most other food cultures, their food, their food, their cuisine comes from poverty, like Italian food. A lot of it is like, eh, all we had was some flour and one onion and a piece of pork foot. And we had to figure out how to make 10 dishes. And it's like, okay, but we have the cuisine of the first people who took over the world. Okay. Yeah. It's lavish. We have conqueror cuisine. It's for yeah. the conquering. We have conqueror yeah. cuisine. Yeah. We're not conquered we, cuisine. We no, are conqueror we, cuisine. We, we conquer you cuisine. It's like Hormasabzi, there are so many herbs, and Hormasabzi is kind of actually expensive to make if you make it from scratch. It's yeah, like Hormasabzi is it, it's interesting. It's, it's probably the closest to a Persian national dish, and it is a. You know, it's funny, once I started cooking and, you know, cooking French style or American style or Italian style, all of their braises are usually done in a some sort of stock, like a beef stock or a chicken stock. Persians don't do that at all. The liquor that they that you braise the food in is basically just you take water and you add more herbs to it that can humanly like that physics can allow. And then you put your meat in and then you braise it. So to me, it's a lot cleaner of a braise because you're not using uh, it's literally just the meat singing on its own, plus with just a cavalcade of herbs to follow. Totally. And hormasabzi is uh, what, what goes into hormasabzi? It's, it's mostly dill and then um, it's uh, parsley, parsley. fenugreek, mint. It's, yes. like, it's like everything. It's, it's everything. Like it's kind of fenugreek is, a, is, a, is the polarizing part of it because. Fenugreek is a very, it's called shambelile in Farsi, which is the best word for the our, best word. Our words are very fun. Like hell is cardamom. Cardamom is hell, which is hilarious. Yeah, hell. <laughs> but shambelile is like a very pungent herb, uh, fenugreek, oh. that typically I think they use the dry version in Hormasabzi, although there is fresh as well. But the dry no, stuff you, is. No, you do either. It depends yeah. how you, yeah. I prefer, I buy it all chopped and frozen yeah the pre-chopped stuff and if i'm feeling fancy i'll buy it not sauteed and i'll saute yeah. it myself but that's actually kind of hard to do because your house smells like and you, we already talked about how i feel about the smell of cooking in oh, the yeah. house but your house and then your entire existence smells like fenugreek for weeks if you yeah. cook it like that so yeah. i you sweat I don't it out use the dry yeah you oh my god you sweat it out yeah, it's uh, it's super pungent, but there's such a huge difference between the Chambelile stuff and the non-Chambelile. It's so much better. But it, yeah, I, I'm going to say the majority of people at this point don't use it because it's going to smell up their homes and their... It's like, it's like the Persian version of durian fruit, like where it's like you can't <laughs> eat it in public. But yeah, we have a conqueror's cuisine. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've conquered mm -hmm. all you people. We took the best parts of everything. We put it in our cuisine. I think that I do think that Persian food needs to 
we I'm still looking for our our David Chang, our Neo, the the young chef who's going to come take Persian flavors and kind of elevate them and take it to a place where no one's ever seen. Because I do feel like we're so steeped in tradition where it's like, I mean, when I'm at home with my mom and I'm cooking and I do one thing different, she like flips the table and like, you know, picks up a chef's knife and brings it to my neck. And she's like, don't you ever, <laughs> ever. I'm like that too, Dan. I'm like that. I'm very traditional in the way I cook Persian food. I'm very specific and traditional. I, I get like it. And I'm, I, I get it. And it's, and it's necessary, but you know, look, the impressionist painters, they were given a lot of shit when they started doing what they did and they needed the basics to be able to start that revolution. I think we're good with our basics. It's time to revolt. That's true. That's true. Have you been to Sofra in Brooklyn? Yes, I have been to Sofra. I thought um, that was great. It's a it's a step in 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 a in a good direction, I think. Yeah. I, think Sofra they, is, I had it, the duck, the duck Fesenjun was was interesting. It was good. Again, it's not I don't know. I have a like I like a specific kind of texture with my Fesenjun, but I thought it was good. It was a little it was a a, a little and then Chef Zar, Zare? in san francisco he was at flytrap for oh many yeah years. yeah i follow him? him on instagram yeah yeah he was he was really good and interesting like i remembered having a persian meal at his restaurant and it was innovative different yeah they've I tried mean, but we don't have a guy you're right we, we don't have the, the guy. guy yeah fesenjun by the way interesting let's do a little aside on fesenjun which is a braise of pomegranate walnut pomegranate molasses Pomegranate molasses, right? Yeah. Pulverized walnuts and put in that's that. it. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like in America it's mostly served with chicken, but the actual original recipe was for duck. That was a duck dish. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was made. I didn't for know duck. that. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that, that at all. We Americanize a lot of Persian food. So fesenjun originally was supposed to be duck. Hormasabzi originally supposed to be lamb, not beef. And I feel like here. Because we're in America, we beefify everything. Well, I mean, we in Iran eat it with mutton. You eat everything with mutton. Like, yeah. you don't even, I don't think I've had really lamb. Yeah, you have badis sometimes in Iran, but everything's just with mutton. Yes, yes. I guess that's what, that's, you're right. It's mutton, not lamb. I guess, what's the difference between mutton and lamb? Mutton is sheep. Mutton lamb is sheep is and baby. lamb is baby. The baby. Right. Oh, the baby. You don't have a lot of mutton in America. It's not a big no. There's one steakhouse in New York called uh, Keens, which has a mutton chop, and that's the only place I've ever seen it. It's like I don't see mutton anywhere. Yeah, it's not a thing, but it's so good. It's so it's good. So good. It's, it's an so old good. funk, old funky lamb. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's <way to> put it. <laughs> but it kind of tastes like beef to me. Yes, it is. It is definitely. I mean, look, I'm one of those people who loves the funkier, the flavors, the better. So I when people are like, I don't like lamb when it's too gamey. I'm like, give me the gamey shit. Me too. Sir. Yeah. Me too. I love that. I was trying to think of like, well, we'll get there. But I'm like, I like like I want like Delo Jigar. I want um, what is it like heart and liver? I oh, want, yeah. Like, like the awful. Yeah. Yeah. I love awful. I love Calapoche. Like I'm like Ooh. very red meat. Dirty. Yeah, you're like an Carnivore. old Persian. You're you're both a child and an old Persian man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm an anomaly. <laughs> so I love Kalapacha too. Kalapacha is an interesting 
interesting place to go right now. I mean, I think it's typically, literally, it means head and hoof soup, right? Yeah. And it's made with uh, uh, lamb or mutton, typically. I'm not sure. M- mutton. mutton. Mutton, okay. Yeah. So it's the head. Yep. Literally, you're supposed to take the, take the head, take the hoofs, and you're supposed to braise them all together. And uh, in America, I feel like I've had it more with beef foot, with cow foot, than the mutton foot. I don't know. I don't. I feel like in America, it's usually the just the tongue. Like you don't get the pacha yeah. part of it. You don't get the hoof part of it as much. It's yeah, just, they just tongue and tongue. head. Yeah. Sometimes it'll have the brain in it. But I don't think I'm going to say I don't think I've ever had it the way it's supposed to be had, which is a bummer. Um, You've never been to Iran? No. Wow. Okay. Not once. Isn't that wild? Wow. That's really wild. Yeah. I grew up. I went every summer. Almost. We should go now. I'm sure now would be a great time. I think now is a really good time. And then we could just hang out in prison. And I think everyone would just, I mean, me personally, I mean, if you go with me, we'd just go straight to prison. And then, yeah, I think it could be fun. People can I'm bring sure. us food. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd probably go straight to prison too. I think I've said, we, we've all, we've all, we're going to prison if we land. We're going home. straight to getting hung. <laughs> but I do feel like, I mean, it is kind of a weird, that's cool that you've been there. I mean, it's, to me, I always say it's almost like this weird fantasy land that you hear about and see about, but like, uh, you know, it, it exists in your mind kind of, but not in real. Cause like, it's like, and I'm so close to my Persian, you know, cultural, cultural trappings that it's so strange that there's a possibility that I will, I will never go there. It's a weird thing. There's a good possibility that you will too. I mean, inshallah. Right Inshallah. Yeah. Inshallah. What is something that you remember from Iran food wise, like from going there that's different from Persian food in America or in Canada? Everything's different. Really? Sam, let me tell you the food in Iran, the fruit in Iran tastes so different and it's so full flavored. That's the only way I can describe it. I would go to Iran for the summer and I'd come back to Toronto and have like an apple and be like oh how do you eat this like everything it's like the way you know how candy tastes like amplified fruit like it's like that yeah the cherries the taste of the cherries the taste of the watermelon the taste of the melons everything the fruit is like candy and when I was little I remember I actually preferred fruit to candy because before we actually left Iran I totally preferred fruit to candy. And so that's one aspect is oh. just the produce is so good. And then the mutton and everything, the, the taste of the stews, it's like on another level. Like my aunt's cooking, my aunt's cooking, my, my late grandmother was also, I mean, her love language was food. So if I remember... I was crying about something once and she just came and she didn't know what to do. She's like, what can I give you to eat? Like, what, what what do you want to eat in the middle of me having like a, like a tantrum? So that was just her love language. So just the the cooking, the the taste of the kebab, Dan, the juiciness, the flavor of the meat, the, the way, the, the way they love, like the hospitality of it all, the love that goes into it. I know that's really cheesy, but when you go to someone's house in Iran, Everything they own, even if they just have one thing, 
even if they just have like one date and that's their date, that is yours as their guest, Yeah, you know, and that just gives things a different flavor to me too. Sorry. It's a little cheesy, but it's the truth. It's like my experience for real. No, I get it. There's so much love in it, you know, and, and so much time and they think about it like, Oh, you're coming over on Wednesday. What do you want for lunch? And right. then the, they put so many hours and, and it's just, it's just on another level. And the desserts, the noon hame, like I'm um, gluten intolerant, mm-hmm. like really severely. But if I ever go to Iran, I'll just, I'll just spend time in the toilet eating. <laughs> You'll die in the Sangha factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll die happily. Die. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah. So Nun Khamei is like a, well, I have a lot to, there's a lot to unpack there. Let's start with the Nun okay. Khamei, okay. which mm-hmm. is sort of like a pandulce that Persians make. It's kind of like a sweet. Uh, like a profiterole. Like kind of like a profiterole, no? Without the chocolate. Oh, okay. Nun Khamei, I'm confusing it. Nun Khamei is like, yeah, it's like a cream puff. Cream puff, cream puff. Right. Yeah. What is the, there's another bread thing. The roulette? Like, it's not a roulette. It's like. You have it with tea. It's not like a full-on pastry. It's almost in between like a regular bread and like a sweet bread. This thing. Oh, yeah. We call that gata bread. Gata it's bread? Like arm, armani. It's like um, oh, okay. Armenian bread. Yeah. Yeah. It's really man. good. Or nun shirman as well. That, it's so good. Love. I'm going to eat all of it. I go <laughs> Iran. I eat all of it. I spend entire time in toilet. Don't care. <laughs> How is Iran, Tara? It was a. Uh, it was, cool. was in the toilet the whole time. Just in the bathroom. I just know, a or the toilet full of yeah, bread products all over really me. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I. You know, it's funny. I often say that um, if people had more Persian style bread, like I think we eclipse the French in our bread making. I think that I will put up sangak and nun barberi versus any baguettes or sourdough loaf or anything. I mean, sangak to me is like. Oh my God. It's a super, super thin bread that is crisp on the outside and doughy on the inside. And I'm talking about millimeters thick. And they basically cook it on top of little tiny rocks that are heated up, uh, which, which are called sangax, which um, I mean, which it is little, stone. little stones. And it is just uh, if you're listening and you have a Persian market near you, go get some sangak, heat that baby up, and I mean, just use it as anything, as a, uh, to, to, as a sandwich uh, bread, as a dip for hummus or whatever. To make My a God. wrap. You can make, a, make wrap a wrap with sangak. Like, I love it. And you know how you ask me what your earliest memory is? Yeah. Your well, hold memory? on. You're getting to the... Okay, you're sorry, getting- sorry. You're doing my questions for me. Sorry, okay? sorry. Throughout the beginning of the party, you've already peppered in all your answers for stuff. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to have no sorry. questions, but we're sorry. about to get to that. Although I just okay. wanted to, my American pride mm-hmm. is, being, is being hit a little bit, and I want to push back. And I want to ask you, is there anything in America that we do better than Iran that you're like, oh, God, American, like, I don't know, our, our, our like milk? Like fries, burgers fries like that yes. stuff they don't i mean it's it's really good it's their version of it in iran like the burgers are this big in iran like they're the size of your head right and they put their own things but like i like an american burger i like or i like an american hot dog like that kind yeah. of stuff like that american cuisine belongs in america like don't <laughs> don't like do that there you know you know it's but, funny you say that because i've definitely seen videos of like persian burger joints and nothing is ever medium rare. Everything's always well done. And it's always like, weird. it's yeah, I'm like, guys, oh, 
no no i didn't like it like in iran man in iran i ate it like really astounds me now how much i would eat when i would go to iran because for breakfast you have a full sangak to yeah. like three or four people with Sashi, which is cream just yeah. heavy cream just cream. and jam yeah. and and um cheese and more jam and honey and tea and that's your breakfast and then for lunch you have a full rice with khorish which with with the braised stews and then you have like asruna which is what you have in the afternoon before dinner at like six o'clock which is the pastries with with chai with tea and then for dinner you they would order like pizza and hamburgers and and all of these things or have chola kebab. And that's how you eat every day. If I ate like that now, I think I would die, Dan. Like, I don't think like my body can even handle that much food, but it's just how you eat and you eat it's, it all. Like I ate a full plate. I, it wasn't like here where I'm like, oh my God, I take teaspoons of this and like a lot. No, it was like a full, like they're watching you like a hawk too. Like you have to eat oh, yeah. all of that food. Oh yeah. If you don't finish your food, you get disowned from the family. It's like embarrassing to not finish your food. I, mean, I have a couple cousins. We haven't seen them in decades. They were not allowed <laughs> back in the house. <laughs> it's their fault. It's just amazing that we don't have like morbid obesity as a thing in our culture. At all. Like it's At wild. All. No one's fat. <laughs> it makes no, because everyone is, is intolerant to the food and they just go to the bathroom after. And <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk gold pattern. Golpar is actually something called Persian hogweed, which coincidentally is my porn name. Golpar is an herbaceous plant in the carrot family. It's dried and turned into a powder for food uses. It tastes aromatic, slightly bitter, and a dash of it is usually put on top of broad beans, lentils, and other legumes. But, as Tara mentioned, it is also sprinkled over pomegranate seeds to add a little bit of bitterness to the sweetness of the pomegranate. If you enjoyed this fun fact, please support my OnlyFans page, Persian Hogweed 329. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, we are going to get to the questions that you have been asking yourself throughout the whole episode, starting with what is your earliest food memory? Okay, so on my dad's shoulders, I'm like two and a half years old, and I really do remember this. He would, he would put me on his shoulders early in the morning, and we would go buy bread, and then I would hold the bread. He would give me, and they're, they're really long. 
So I would hold the bread on his shoulders and I would just eat it. And by the time we got back, I'd have eaten like this much of the bread. And there's all these pictures of me as a little kid holding these giant barbaddies or giant sanyaks just eating bread. Oh, my God. That's a cute. That's a cute first thing. Yeah, I remember it there. And which is so funny, because when I found out I really cannot tolerate gluten, I was like, wait, but me? But how that little girl like? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. that's. Yeah, I'm curious what happened there. Where do you think it went wrong? Maybe, you know what I think it is? Because I've seen this a lot. Once your IMDb score gets to a certain level, you suddenly become <laughs> gluten-free. That's definitely not it for me. <laughs> that's it. Once so that's you get... not it for me, personally. <laughs> actually, I know what happened with me. I had a, I got, I actually went to Iran went in 2010. That's the last time I was there. And I got really bad, a really bad stomach flu. Mm-hmm. And it changed um, I had like a really bad infection. I was in the hospital for a few days and then it changed, I think my whole microbiome and like just what I could digest for years. And then, and then what really didn't, but now I wonder if I I try it or start to slowly reintroduce it, but I'm scared because the effects are really bad. So anyway, that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, that sounds plausible or Maybe the first time like a deadline article came out with you on it. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's when, suddenly like this, this, uh, this baguette is not sitting well with me suddenly. It's so weird. I don't know. <laughs> Just get off the phone with CAA. It's like, what? Ow, this pasta. <laughs> yeah, weird. I think, I think it's CAA had something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your death row meal? Uh, let's think of a reason that you are on death row. Revolution. Um, yeah, revolution. You know, you're like, you know what? I think I can get into Iran. It'll be fine. You land, you're in death row. <laughs> straight. They don't even, they don't need, there's no try. Just straight, straight. to death row. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it would probably be Delujigar, which is the, the heart and the, and the liver. And it would be Kalepache. And it would be like a good chole kebab because I feel like after eating that meal, I'd want to die. Yeah. So yeah. then it would be like a good. Yeah, you should definitely death. end it with a bunch of Nunchamei. A bunch of and that, yeah, all of it, just everything I've just talked about. But for sure, calipache. Like, I wanted to start with calipache because after calipache, you want to go to sleep for like. Yeah. So yeah. just a quick rundown on calipache. A lot of times it's done the night before you even go to bed. You fill up a pot with onions, turmeric, water, beans, and the whatever the organs are, so the head and the hoof, and you just braise it like overnight, and everything basically gelatinizes and makes the, a, a, a thick syrupy soup mm-hmm. and it is super hearty and it's a very winter food and you have it and you just want to pass out. So yeah, I co-sign. That and you one. have it with pickles. You have it with the torshi and, and the bread and oh yeah. Yes. And like raw onions. That's usually like a, a big, a big side side dish in Persian cuisine is just raw onions. Raw. That one I can't do. That's one thing I can't do. Yeah. Then hold on your organs back to the organs. What is your favorite method of preparation? Is it just kebab or I love cat? Yeah. I like kebab organs for sure. But I also went through a phase, Dan, there was this diner in Toronto that would make liver, like a liver stick. I don't know. They would just saute liver and onions. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it every day for a while. Like I would have it every other day for a while when I lived in Toronto. I'm yeah. loving your palate, Tara. It's weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. No, but it's cool. I mean, it's that's we're we're kind of we're 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 in the same lane. 
I'm with you. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, I love that. What, what is the best high-end meal you've ever had? Okay, so we went to San Sebastian. Whoa. Yeah. And I got to tell you, everything we ate in San Sebastian was the best high-end meal I've ever had. Everything was high-end. There was wow, no, okay. We, we, so there's, there's two different ways to do San Sebastian, right? There's the standalone restaurants that are the restaurants. And then there's like the places where you walk in, you grab a tapa, then you walk to the next one, grab a tapa. Is that the one you're talking about? We did both. So we did oh, both. Cool. We did both. We did like days where, days where we did that. And then for dinner, we went to like a Michelin star restaurant. Forget what it was. Actually, that wasn't even our most memorable meal. It was just, it was just all, everything was high end. And you know what the best part was, Dan? What? When I told them I have a gluten allergy, they had like gourmet gluten-free bread that tasted just like the regular bread that they brought me heated up in every restaurant we went to. Wow. It was insane. Yeah. Every little tapas plate, like everywhere. It was incredible. They're really trying to bump up their IMDb score in San Sebastian. Yeah. It's, yeah <laughs> I, I give them like five IMDb score. It was number five. Yeah. You know, I'm with you. I actually I went to San Sebastian and I did the same thing. And the actually the Michelin star restaurant that I went to was called Mugaritz, which mm. is a three star Michelin restaurant. And it was probably the worst three star Michelin restaurant I've ever been to. The little tapas, though, that you're talking about. Oh, boy. Those were I still remember some of them. The cheesecake. Do you remember the cheesecake? Do you have any of that? I think we had. Yeah, my husband had cheesecake because it had the 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 gluten crust. But I just have the top, like the cheesecake part. It was oh, yeah. like it, it all kind of meshes together, to be honest, because it was yeah. so everything was so good in San Sebastian. It was it's like a food place. Yeah, it's like a little fever dream of food when you leave. Totally. Like, what just happened? Where am I? Who totally. Am I? <laughs> totally. Did you go to there's a steakhouse there that I'm obsessed with called Bar Nestor. That's like a stand up. You're like standing up and having like a steak, like an amazing steak. It's no. tiny. Oh, no. My God. Next time you go, you must try. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely go back. It's my husband's a surfer too. So it was just, he was just like in heaven. Oh, cool. it was, he was like, all the people were surfing and then the food, it was, it was just, it was just so cool. That's your happy place. Yeah, for sure. We also went to Nazare in Portugal. Is that, that's that beach town in the South? Yeah. Which has the, 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 the biggest wave in the world. Oh, okay. Got it. And we had some of the best, but this might, some of the greatest seafood I have ever had my entire life. Like, I think they just pulled the octopus out from the ocean and thrown him into a fire to give us this, this octopus that we had. And I love grilled seafood too. And it was just heaven. We, we ate so much. And then in Lisbon, the same. And also I grew up going to Marbella every summer, like when I was a kid. And my favorite food is like the grilled sardines that they give you by, by the beach. You can just go get grilled sardines or grilled anchovies anywhere oh, yeah. by the beach and with, with a little lemon. Mm. That's like my favorite. It, it's not high end. I guess it's kind of low end, to be honest. But, you it's know, like actually, I think food. that could be under the best low end is the uh, grilled sardines. I mean, I I was just in Portugal and like... I, Unfortunately, I went off season. It wasn't sardine season. And I was like, what have I done? I did not plan this trip. <laughs> but yeah, a, a nicely grilled sardine. Oh, oh yeah. You know, what's funny. So Our mutual friend, Amir Kay and I went mm -hmm. fishing and uh, he's like a big fisherman. He loves going fishing. 
and we're taking off. And before you leave, you go to a bait barge, which is a barge that's like, you know, a hundred feet off of the uh, dock. And there's a guy there who just sells bait. And he's like, we got to pick up the bait. And the bait was fresh sardines, live, live sardines. And I was like, dude, you cannot get fresh sardines in America. Everything is frozen from Europe that they bring here, let alone like live. And I was like, I'm done fishing. I'm just taking these home. And yeah, he's like, it's why the would you? Bait. I ended up taking like a bag full of them home. He's like, really? no one eats the bait. Yeah, live sardines. Like it was crazy. Did you grill them? Yeah, of course. They were like the freshest sardines I've ever had. It was nuts. Oh, God, that's incredible. <laughs> I know. It's a fun little secret. If you want fresh sardines, you can get them at the bait barge, but you have to get a boat to go out there. I don't know. That's okay. Well, I, that's not going to happen for me in my life, but I do go You're to just, Europe and ask. It's going to swim to it. Swim over. Not my thing. But my, my parents have a house in Marbella, and, and i lucky enough to have gone almost like again every summer. So that's my thing. As soon as I get there, I'm like, take me to the sardines. Guys, Tara's parents have a house in Marbella, so you know what that means. The pomegranates come shelled out of the fruit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not really. What is the best uh, low-end meal that you ever had? Or are we going with sardines for that one? I mean, I also am partial. Like, I love McDonald's fries. Mm. I'll just always have McDonald's fries. I always want McDonald's fries. And, oh, no, actually, it was also in Portugal, because in Portugal, you can get a gluten-free Big Mac. And I had a gluten-free Big Mac when I was in Portugal, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Wow, the Portuguese are also trying to, trying to get CAA to represent them. Yeah. Very I hip. think McDonald's fries is the right answer for that question, and I don't think anyone's ever said it. Really? Yeah. I think that's the only right answer for best low-end food. Because what brings more pleasure than McDonald's french fries? Nothing. Yeah. There's okay. nothing. Good. You won. You won question number four. Thank you. Thank you. What is your relationship to alcohol? Are you a drinker? So I've gone through a lot of drinking phases in my life, Dan. A lot mm -hmm. of drinky, very drinky phases in my life. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. Are you like sober now? Is it the way you're talking no, about it? No, <laughs> okay. I just, when I'm working, I, I try to stay away from, yeah. just because I, I, you can't Same. like be a human and perform every night and it's just not. What is your favorite uh, drunk food? Poutine. Okay. Shots By fired, far. Bria. That is yeah. the right answer. Poutine yeah. is. Tell me, take me through your, give me your treatise on poutine. Give us the counterpoint to Bria. It is delicious. It's so, I mean, like it's, it's, especially if it's done right. Yes. If you've had soupy poutine, which is like too much gravy, like the, the ratio needs to be right. There needs to be like a good amount of fries that are crispy mm -hmm. and then with the gravy and the cheese curds need to be kind of like medium size, you know, not mm -hmm. too small or not too big. Mm -hmm. And then you want that gold, you want that Goldilocks size. You want, yeah, Goldilocks. Exactly. And, um, the gravy needs to be real gravy, not like packaged gravy. Cause yes. you can really taste the difference. Totally. And also we put vinegar on it. We put vinegar? vinegar. Like I always, yeah, I've always put vinegar on my poutine. Fun. So, which is like my favorite thing with a little salt and, mm, and street meat in Toronto, like our, our um, hot dog stands in Toronto. Yeah. That's some good hot dog. So that's like my, been very drunk in Toronto. And yeah, I was going to say, you're giving food. us a, a peek into your, your drunken nightlife at, in the, going to Drake concerts in Toronto. <laughs> 
<laughs> Drake was not famous when I was in Toronto, actually. Nobody, like, Drake was not a thing. Listen, you're in Hollywood. Don't date yourself, okay? Drake was sorry, sorry. super Drake famous. Drake was actually, yeah, he was actually super famous. He was actually on his way out when I was. There you so, go. Much yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite hangover cure? Lay's chips and Diet Coke. Okay. Keeping it simple. Yeah. I like that. Only um, way not to vomit. Yeah. Lay's chips, huh? How did you settle on Lay's? My best friend and I got trashed one night. I was going through a breakup and she was going through a divorce. And Drake and was on his got, way down. Drake was. Drake was. <laughs> Drake was yeah. He's when Drake was, yeah, Drake was like when Drake was like really yeah. um, not famous anymore. He pivoted um, to and, like real estate investment. He was done mm-hmm. with rap. <laughs> yeah, he was just rich, not talented. And then we, the next morning we woke up and she's like a health nut. She's so, she's so healthy. She's like a, a wellness coach. She's like a real person. Mm-hmm. And we, we went, I'd never, I'd never seen her like drink diet Coke or have chips or anything. And, and I, we were so hungover. I was like, Oh, what do we get? And we got Lay's chips and diet Coke. And that's just what we ate that day. Mm. And it worked. It worked. And I pickles. We also both really love pickles and we just ate a lot of pickles too. Yeah. Yeah. Coke, uh, a Coke will really do the body well. In a oh, for stage. sure. Oh, for 100%. sure. It helps nausea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Well, those days are behind you. Now you're a healthy working actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, by the way, what are you working on? Can we ask? I'm doing a play. Yeah, I'm doing a play. Oh, wow. Yeah. I and don't understand how you play people do it. That, that would be too uh, harrowing for me. Well, it's not that different from your performing. You perform every night. Yeah, but stand-up is different. It's like, it's just me. I know what I'm going to say. I figure it out on the spot. In a play, everyone's depending on me to know my lines. I'm not good at memorizing. Neither uh, am I. You can't do crowd work on a play. You can't just stop <laughs> in the middle and be like, hey, anyone celebrating a birthday? You can't do that in the middle of Hamlet. Um, yeah, not Hamlet. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> what is the play? Harder. What is it's the play? Called, it's called English. Mm-hmm. It had a very successful run in New York last year. It's by an incredible playwright. Her name's Sanos Tusi. It's about a TOEFL class, like an English uh, class in TOEFL. Yeah, I remember that. TOEFL class, yeah, in Tehran in 2009. And I play a very feisty graduate student who needs the TOEFL to get into university in Australia. And she loves it. it. And she hates English. I love it. I'm sure it's great because you're a yeah, fantastic actress. So thank you. Thank um, you. What? Is, who is your favorite celebrity food personality? Yeah, you, you. see, I, compl- I complimented you so that I would get that back. <laughs> <laughs> but you really are, though. But you really, truly are. I've told you this. Come on. Through, no, but you really are because I love how you'll cook really high end things that I'm like, oh, hey, Dan, what are you even doing? How did you even know how to do that? And then you'll cook other like, like just easy things. And then you have your Traeger grill that I, whatever smoking thing that I'd never even heard of in my life. And I would watch your stories all through the pandemic obsessively and make my poor husband who was like, who is this guy? And I would watch, watch what he does with the meat and like obsessively. And you're funny and you're just fun to follow. And yeah, I love, I like so fangirled over all of your, your content throughout the, especially throughout the pandemic and it was that like inspiring so nice. and i really mean it i really mean it 
So big. I fan. appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's that that honestly means a lot because a lot of times you just throw this stuff out there. You don't know how <laughs> if people are enjoying it or not. But that is so nice of you. And yes, my apologies to your husband. I met him at the at the improv, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I had to watch all your fucking videos." <laughs> I was you like, "I'm watch sorry." <laughs> I was I'm like, so "Learn, sorry. learn. Look what a man is capable of. You do nothing. You do jack shit." He was like, fuck this Dana dude. I hate him. <laughs> what is your debt? Well, thank you very much. That was very nice of you. What is your desert island food? So you're trapped on a desert island. One food that you are not going to get tired of. You're going to have it for the rest of your life. Okay, so this is an interesting pivot because you'd think it would be something like super Persian again. But yeah, I was thinking I, Lava Shack was coming. Lava Shack, for sure. But that's not a food. That's a snack. You know what I mean? I feel like mm. I'd get like, I definitely get some sort of ulcer if I had lava shack all the time. Right. But I think because I also I grew up in Toronto where there's like a really strong Asian like population. And yeah. my first friend was Japanese and she didn't speak English and I didn't speak Japanese and we communicated through food. And uh-huh. <laughs> I was like six and she introduced me to sushi. And I remember thinking this is the coolest food in the world because it looks when you're little you're like like colorful and but I just I love sushi and Mm. I feel like if I was I feel like I would never get tired of like plain rice and and simple fish yeah forever you know what I mean practically speaking that's a good one that's a good one yeah and you could have you can have a roll you can have a nigiri that's a good you're doing a lot of right answers Tara and I'm not just saying that because you gave the right answer for who's your Favorite celebrity Favorite food celebrity. personality. <laughs> Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Okay, so I actually hate dill. What? I don't like fresh. I know. I know. Wait, what because about a hormasabzi? Different because it's been cooked and it, it doesn't overpower the other flavors. But like, like you know, shivit polo, like dill rice. Yeah. It's just too dilly. It, I feel like, and I love dill I mean, pickles. It's, it's in the name. It is in the name. <laughs> okay, yeah. But it's the, the flavor of dill I find really overpowers everything else. Holy cow. All my Jewish listeners, are, are their heads are exploding right now. Dowie, dowie. <laughs> wow, dill but, is like probably my favorite herb. It's so, it's really? weird and different, but it's, uh, oh, it's so fun and pungent. It's too much. I like it in certain, I'm not a picky eater. I'll, I'll still eat it and enjoy mm. it, but I don't love it if something's super dilly like it's too specific of mm. flavor and i don't like a lot of cumin which is another like an, like very cumin-y things i don't like got it also and fun and pungent is cumin yeah Man, you don't by the way every girl that you asked who ever dated me what was it like dating dan fun and pungent that, oh that's the review i get that's great <laughs> that's a good review i take that I feel like every guy who dated me is like, well, <laughs> that was a roller coaster. Ah, uh, every every uh, morning, three a.m., we got to go get poutine. Poutine every morning, <laughs> or calipocha. It was really I'm weird. Like, you didn't even go out to the club. Why are you waking me up in bed and saying we got to get poutine for me in the morning? You didn't. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, so time for my favorite question. Okay, uh, which is, what is your restaurant pet peeve? Okay, so I really hate it when I go to a restaurant, and this is about people I'm with, mm-hmm. okay, who are obsessed with where they sit in a restaurant. 
It's so annoying to me. Like my mom will change where she sits at least three times in a restaurant. And I'm like, why? Who cares? Just eat your food. Like she's just like, no, no, I, no, no, I can't hear. No, too close to the bathroom, to the door. Like I can't, I know. <laughs> and I'm just eat. Like I dry or where they sit. Like, no, no, I have to be in that. Like just, I don't know. That stuff drives me crazy. Like people that are picky about us, it was really annoying to me. I also, because I, I, I've done like I've waitressed and like I've done restaurant things. Mm-hmm. Also like wait staff that bring like their day to to be like I don't I don't like I think it's really important to be kind as a as a person who's served and to be kind like it's like a kindness exchange when you're yes. being served and you're you're serving. So I don't like anybody being mean to wait staff or wait staff being mean to patrons. I don't I'm with you. And I think that's the thing that a lot of performers get because we're like, yo, I'm not having the best day and I have to go on stage and make people laugh. Like put on a face. (laughs) If you have to put on a face. One time to do it. Dan, one time this girl was so rude to my grandma who doesn't speak English Mm -hmm. that I just looked at her and I went, why are you like, I really was like, are you okay? Are you having a really bad day? Like you're not being very nice. And then she kind of was so caught off guard and she was like, I'm so sorry. You're right. I don't know why I'm being like this. And she started to cry and I got up and I hugged her and I'm like, it's okay. It's just like, we're just here to eat and we're just trying to figure out what she wants to eat. And she's like, oh my no, God. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's this thing. Like it's, and I was maybe, rude to hold her on. Back. in her defense. Maybe it was because your grandma wanted to move seats eight times before finally settling. <laughs> my it's, a genetic thing. Like- it's a genetic thing. <laughs> My mom probably did. It was probably I'm with mom. your mom, by the way. I'm sorry to sorry to burst your bubble, but I want a good seat. I don't want to be too close to the bathroom. I don't want to be too close to the kitchen where the door opens and I see the fluorescent light come out and then the door kind of, you know, like uh, doesn't close all the way and I have to see the light sticking out. I want a good seat. I want to be facing out. I want to have a nice view. I don't want the crappy little seat in the middle of the thoroughfare where all the servers are walking back and forth. Your mom is right. You are wrong. Dill is awesome. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Dan. This has been lovely. <laughs> I like to I like to just ground my guest to the ground before. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm underground. Fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. No, not at all. This has been so delightful. I've been wanting to talk to you for such a long time, so it's nice to to finally connect. Tell the people where they can find you. At Tara Grammy on everything. Grammy like the awards. Yeah. T-A-R-A, Grammy like the awards. Thank you, Tara. Um, Hopefully the next time we do this, we will be shooting it live from Iran and you can take me to your favorite places. Oh, well, don't say that to me, I'll start to cry. Ah, inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.